Hi, hello, and welcome to K Out and About, the podcast about my random travel occurrences. This is season one, episode eight, titled The Three Out of Five, and it will be part one. We had a start into New Year. It's 2019 now, and uh, it will be a big round birthday for me. And um, I'm not sure how I feel about it just yet, but uh, we'll see. I have an interview for you today, part one out of two. Her name is Teresa. And we have known each other for about seven and a half years now. Um, we met at our previous job in London, and she lives in Copenhagen now. The more, the more I know her, the more I discover new things about her life uh, in different places, obviously. And I also have learned a lot about uh, her during this interview. And the truth is, um, it's the second recording, actually, because the first one, well, we were a little bit tired and we got off the track quite quickly and we were just blabbering about for about an hour and a half. So we did a second recording. Uh, so the title is the three out of five because uh, Theresa's plan is to live in five different countries. And so far she has hit three. She was born in Portugal, then moved to the UK, and now she lives in Denmark, as I mentioned, and she's right across the bridge from me. And she will tell you all about her journey. Here we go. Hi, Teresa. Hey. So, can you please tell me the story about uh, leaving Portugal? Like, how, how old were you? Um, you know, how did you move? How I got a suitcase and my parents dropped me in the airport and went see you later <laughs> metaphorically how, how did it happen how did um, it come to it it's it started I think in my head a few years a couple of years before I actually did the move because my sister one of my sisters was already living in England so I was, went to visit a few a couple of times and the concept that I wanted more and Portugal wasn't enough for me kind of already kicked in at that point, so I wanted to go, um, I wanted to leave Portugal as soon as I possibly could. Um, together with that, you have my parents that incentivated to that. They grew, they're, from, they're both Portuguese, they, but they grew up in Africa. So they also had that concept that it was important for us as much as we could to experience other cultures um, and the environment. So whether I like it or not, I was going to go. So it was a bit like you're going. Oh, so yeah. you might and embrace how, it. How old were you? I was 17. Okay. So you might as well embrace it. <laughs> or it's going to be the worst years of your life. So that is a little bit what happened. So I applied for college. And I think was never heard from anyone. And then a week before classes started, I got a letter going, you've got approved. Do you need somewhere to stay? And my parents <laughs> were actually, uh, my sister's in England. And I was like... Mom, uh, I kind of stuck college in one week. So that was a bit of a crazy movement, a crazy moment, because my parents were there, and I think they arrived the day before I left. So it was, I was having my exams still in Portugal, um, in school. So it was, I don't think I, I, when I said I literally got a bag and got dropped at the airport, it was literally like that, because there was no time of thinking for anything. Okay. Okay. And was, I mean, I already know the answer, but was UK actually your first choice? No, that was my parents' choice. And bearing in mind at that point, yeah. 
at 17, you got to go with your parents' choices. My thing at the time, and in hindsight, I'm really glad my parents chose the UK. Uh, but at the time, we used to travel a lot to Spain. I loved Spain, so I wanted to go to Madrid because I loved Madrid. Um, but both my parents said no. English is, and yes, for all the Spanish speakers out there, is Spanish is a a very important language that is spoken in many places, but between Spanish and English, you know, and I have the two anyway. So yeah. I, at the time I already spoke English and Spanish, so my parents decided to go to England because you need to get English. It might open more doors probably, e- yeah. Exactly, and 16 years ago, no, it was more important to have the English than the Spanish. Um, so yes, so that is, that was the initial, was going with, Spain, but my parents said you get Britain, UK, England, and then I could after I finished my bachelor, I could go anywhere in the world. So okay, fair enough. And so, uh, how was the UK over the years? Because obviously you had different stages, spent a long, long time. So how was it over the years? Like, talk to me about the the good, the bad, and all the ugly. <laughs> I think one of the best things about England, and is probably what I noticed the most, the biggest difference between. Oh, uh, can I say I live in Denmark now or not yet? Uh, yeah, you can. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just check. <laughs> I mentioned it in the intro, but yeah, you okay. live in Denmark now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, I think the biggest difference I found, obviously you have culturally and people, blah, blah. It's, I don't remember meeting anyone from some strange country that I never heard of. And in England, because I started in the south of England and I moved to London and then to Surrey and then back to London, the amount of nationalities and cultures and people that I met during mm. the 13 years I spent there it's crazy um, and amazing I, I love that this I, I don't know whether is the frame of mind that you're going to a place or to start a new adventure if that interferes with how much you take out of it mm. I never felt at home in England okay so that is definitely the ugly part of it that you just went through the motions and all you wanted was when do I leave and obviously life you're studying you got a yeah. boyfriend work so it's not that oh you just get up and go yeah no. well I was planning to go to the UK for six months and ended up like ten years so yeah exactly so it's not this thing that you kind of go oh I don't want to do it I get up and leave no um so it was always in the back of my mind, I want to leave, I want to leave, I had enough. And that, I think, kind of stopped me to enjoy England as much as I could possibly could have. And that English just came out really wrong grammatically. But, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, and I think that is definitely the ugliest side of it. Um, but it was fun. It was... I was growing as well as a person because mm. I arrived at 17 and left as a grown-ass woman, or pretend to be a grown-ass woman. Um, so that journey, it's part of who I am. I There's parts of me that are very British. Yes, a- they are. <laughs> Apparently the accent is one of them. Um, but there are parts of me, ways that I behave and, th- and the way I see things that are very British. Even I notice mm. that. You know, someone comes and asks me for directions, even though I know I don't know. I find it not nice to pretend that I'm making an effort. So you go, mm, 
mm, for like two seconds go no sorry no I don't know I'm so sorry <laughs> um, so and then I think and if I'm happy with who I am today that is a massive part is what I my life in the UK the experience I have mm. funny enough I think in terms of ratio, I now in Denmark where I don't speak the language, I actually have a lot more Danish local friends mm. than I had in the UK as proper English people. Yeah. Because it's such a melting pot in terms of nationalities yeah. that people have been there for such a long time, they you don't even notice a difference. Um but you still have obviously English friends, and you, you know, otherwise I wouldn't be who I am. Um, and I wouldn't be as British as I am sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think the, the great thing is who I am. The country and the experience I have there made me who I am today. The bad was that frame of mind that I, as I walked in, for the first time I knew I was living, and I never, I don't think I allowed myself unconsciously to be as open. As I am, for example, when I came into Denmark. When I came into Denmark, I went, I have no idea. It could be two months, three, six months, three years, ten years. I don't know. Whatever happens, happens. And I feel that I'm a lot more open now than I was at that point. But do you think it was more because you were 17 or more because you actually didn't want to go to the UK? I think... I'll say both. But mainly, I didn't want to. And I was a teenager. I had my, and I has, I'm very strong-minded, let's put it this way. So Mm. being forced to do something that I don't want to do, but knowing that it was a compromise between I wanted to leave Portugal, so it was that or nothing. Yeah. I'd rather go. So the age, not the age in terms of numbers, but the maturity, that was definitely a big part of it as well. And I think because of that experience, then it changed the way I looked into Denmark when I first arrived. Mm. Um, so I think, so as a sum up, I, the ugliest bit is that not being open to as experienced as much as I could have. The great is, made yeah, t- me who I am. Tell me, tell me, what's great about the UK? <laughs> it's it made me who I am, all the experience and the good and the fun stuff is the people that you meet from countries mm. that you didn't even know existed. Because I have really bad memories, so I have heard the name of every single country in the world, but chances are I don't remember. So, yeah, and the funny bit is when you pretend you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Of course, I know where you're coming from. Not. Yeah, somebody, yeah, somebody once told me where they're from, and my way of figuring out where on earth it is, like, so how long is your flight? <laughs> like, trying to so figure out how long does it take you to yeah. get there. So... Um, but you mentioned you lived at first in the in South uh, England, and then you moved sort of London around Surrey, and then back to London. Is there a difference? And I mean, obviously, I kind of know, but if you can tell us about the difference between because you were close to Brighton, right? Yeah. So more of a countryside Southern England, and then London being in the melting they, pot. There's definitely a huge difference. So when I first got there, I was in Brighton, Brighton. And that is different from everywhere I've been. Because it's a cool seaside area. People are a lot happier there because the sun comes up more often. I'm not sure about that <laughs> well, one. But, you know. Um, and obviously, is the gate capital. Yeah. 
in no capital, but like one of the big guys um, cities in, in Britain. So the vibe in Brighton is very different and okay. very artsy, um, very open. And obviously now it's more equal, but the 16 years ago now, yeah. you know, when you walk, especially coming from Portugal, and you walk into Brighton and you see a punk with hat, bright pink hair, spiky, you know, oh, <laughs> oh, almost half a meter, you kind of go, oh my God, you know, I've never seen that in my life. Um, so Brighton has a very chilled... Mm. vibe or at least he had at that point maybe yeah. the vibe is like different I might more at the time it was there, yeah. but at the time I was there it was a very chilled very open no one cared what you did yeah. uh, moving to London you became a nobody mm-hmm. because the face of the crowd literally yeah. yeah the sheer amount of people and how big it is and people say oh London is amazing yes but you don't actually enjoy London when you live there because you enjoy your little neighbourhood. So true. <laughs> you know, for me to go to central London when I was in Twickenham, which was a 15-minute ride on the train, mm. felt like a mission. Yeah. You know, and when I moved to Surrey that I was on a 30 minutes, 45 minutes by train, I used to joke about oh, was it. was that the Walton, Walton on Thames? I, I, I lived in Walton Times in Guildford. I was like all oh, over gee. Surrey. Oh, okay, yeah. So when I was living in Surrey and going to London, I used to joke. And that's, go, a, because that's a day trip. <laughs> exactly. There was an advert from a hit magazine that the girl was like, I'm going to London to buy the hit magazine. And I used to joke <laughs> about it when I was like, oh my God, I'm going to London. Um, so yes, yeah. the advert is in your mind. Um, and it was just, it, it was literally... You felt like an aunt. It was like so big that you don't actually enjoy that much. No mm. one cared. Like if you, not literally. Not that, no, yeah. But, but if you fall, I don't think anyone would actually care. And actually, I'm being serious. I got almost got robbed once by a bunch oh, of right. kids in uh, in London. Um, out of a joke because you know that's what you do for yeah, fun. That, that's uh, that's what. Kids and I was standing do. in front of a bus stop. There had people there. And everyone pretended that they didn't see it. They saw the bunch of kids trying, pulling my bag, laughing, joking. And nobody did it. And no one was like, hey. I, th- um, I think, in a way, because I remember I experienced some of the sort of school-age kids in, in the UK, seeing them on bus stops, for yeah. example. And I do have to say, they're a fucking scary bunch. Yes. Uh, and I'm, like, I'm not surprised that people just rather look away. Because the... the <laughs> The Maybe way they the get on the place. bus, like it literally, it it's a fucking stampede. Like you you wouldn't have a chance. There was there were police officers at the bus stop in the mornings. I remember in Wimbledon because there were so many kids and they had to put them in order. Yeah, and also allow other people than kids to get on the bus. Like that was mental. That's crazy. Yeah, and then going to Surrey, you get that was an experience and a half. Beautiful, love Surrey. But the area, majority of the areas I was, I lived in, it was not because I had, it just coincidence it happens, yeah. was not very nice areas of Surrey and surrounded by posh houses and, yeah. Uh, I don't know how they call it in England, I can't remember, like the equivalent of soccer mums. Okay, yeah. Yes. The Range Rover mums. The burbs. <laughs> so yeah. you get the Range Rover, that oh my god and everything, but every night here with a glass of wine in front of the kids... But God forbid, you know, um, so, which was fun, especially because there was not a lot of foreign people around those areas. And mm. if you found them, it would be people that 
who are not doing the most educated jobs would be like yeah. cleaning stuff, housekeeping, yeah. that kind of uh, more handiwork. So suddenly finding myself and at the time a boyfriend, they were both educated people, they, you know, they were working, you'd get the... Huh? Yeah, the without, a, without an accent, because you were Spanish, but you went to an American school, so you had a part when you said the yeah. word yellow... Uh, for Jello. whatever it's yellow, I'm like you have, don't have an accent in Apologies any Apologies to all Spanish people. I know. People. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> and, it's Spain. New, and it's New York, obviously. It's Spain. But with him, it was just literally one word, which is yellow. You could not say it. Jello. And I'm like, every single word, you don't have an accent. Except for Jello. Jello. And I'm like, yellow. Um, so, so you guys didn't have accents at all. We at all. So it was a bit of a shock. People kind of we both and we both yeah. very. So people know I have dark hair, olive skin, <laughs> black eyes. Because this is so my brown is so brown yeah. that is literally almost like so black dark, eyes. Yeah. And the same with them. So for people be like, so you do find you, yeah. And if you're in an English countryside, people can tell that you're not from around. Um, so we did get a lot of. I even got told what you didn't what you doing here is because of people like here that they come and steal our jobs. And I thought that was a joke, but it wasn't. And I was like, <laughs> I was once visiting in the most polite way. I was visiting a friend in. Uh, well, I thought it was Milton Keynes, but then it turned out it was the village near Milton Keynes, and people in around London they'll understand like the village near Milton Keynes is like the end of the world. <laughs> and we went. She thought, oh, let's go to a local pub in the evening. I was like, oh, okay, why not? And she was Austrian, so we were sitting in the bar, uh, in the pub, uh, speaking German. Oh my God, the minute we walked in, all the heads turned because everybody knew each other. Yeah. Except for us. And then we sit down and speak German. Oh, oh. my God. Excuse me, darling, what are you doing? Excuse me, love. The war is back on. Um, no, it was weird. It was very awkward. And um, I don't know if she still lives there and if she still goes to that pub. She's maybe one of they, them now. Maybe they got used to it. Yeah, maybe she's one of but them But in Surrey, it was like, and it was really funny because when you get, and I think it was the place where I got the most discriminated, I felt more, most discriminated. In the was in that environment. Yeah. And it was freaky because... They were very posh people, so mm. you know, getting someone telling you to go back to your own country in the mo in the like the most the elegant accent, ex- exactly, like Queen English, it freaks you out. You're like, uh, but I loved it. I had a great time there. I met amazing people. Um, you know, the work that I did there, I loved what I was doing there. The experience again, it, be- it made me who I am. Mm. Um, so you know, not saying anything bad about it yeah. but you do it's feel, an experience like, it's an experience and it's natural that if you're in an environment where you used to a certain thing and that happens to all of us it's not a bad or, yeah. or good thing and something different comes along it's weird yeah. you're going to react yeah. and sometimes you might react in the wrong way initially and then go actually oh, my yeah, bad not the most appropriate you know uh, <laughs> my bad I'm so sorry so and it was nice to see that development and that change mm. uh, I know uh, from the UK you moved to Denmark, but then you moved back to Portugal. And that's actually what I wanted to ask. So after so many years, and obviously you've, you've visited Portugal in the meantime, 
But after so many years, you spent, uh, what was it, Perhaps. seven, eight months? No, no, that's, I think was less than six months. I got there in February and left in August, so it was about okay, six. Yeah, so, but you, you you have kind of lived there. You got a job and, you know, you, you were staying, you were living there back back home. What was, what was the biggest shocker? I mean, you left when you were 17. Uh <laughs> so many or you no it's um i think and it's still one thing i found right at the moment i just came back from a week back home for christmas um it's i'm not saying they're behind be, they're behind <laughs> in a negative way no yeah it's um, just it's everything it's in different. life everything in life is a progress and yeah. there are people like you and me, yeah. you quicker learning languages. You know, it doesn't mean when I say I'm behind, it doesn't mean I'm worse than you. It just yeah. takes me a different, I'm at, at a different, different stage. Place. Yeah. And the same thing with the countries and, you know, growing and developing, you know, there are countries that are a little bit more You're, you're awfully PC today. I know. <laughs> but yes, it, the, Portugal is at a different stage it's, than, it's than the UK or Denmark. Because yeah. obviously I think if I had moved from England straight to Portugal when I felt this much. Okay. But after in Denmark, I went back to England and I already felt the difference culturally. Yeah. Um, so when I got myself into Portugal was like the biggest shock of my life. Because even though I knew Portugal is behind on the way, culturally, um, on the way in terms of equality. Yeah. You know, I'm not even going talking about salaries and yeah. you know because that's the difference because Denmark is behind he's like even behind what was the country we talked about the other day that was number Ru- Rwanda f- yes number yeah. three in like equality and Denmark is like number 10 um, but then Portugal is like number I don't know uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we're still above the average yeah. uh, um, it was the field that I walk in and in so many things like even the other day um, I my six six-year-old niece, I was watching a program and there was a gay couple. And obviously she's six and, you know, I said, oh, they're a couple. And she's like, oh, but they're two men. Oh, natural, yeah. you know. It's not even natural because why was the difference? But he still, that just shows yeah. that in Portugal... She's not used to the thought that... The thought yeah. that, you know... Oh, I, don't, I don't know in Denmark because I don't know any kids in Denmark yeah. whether they will ask... Why is there a couple if they're the same but sex? But in a way, like, I think it's a little bit similar in Sweden. Like, it's so much about it in TV, TV shows that if you kind of, I don't know, if you're five or six and you watch some TV shows on it, like, you kind of know that there are Gay couples. whatever couples possible. Exactly, the rainbow yeah. situation. And, and the, or the bonus family. Like, that's, the, people are used to it here, I think, to a certain extent. And so I was like, okay, so I explained it. So, you know, there are, you know, normally they're gay couples, you know, both do matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is the love, and you always teach each other. It doesn't matter, you know. Whether yeah. she's like, fine. Okay. She's like, okay. And I was commenting. You, con- you contributed to the program. And I was commenting this with other people, and people are like, oh, you know, don't you think it's a bit early to tell a six-year-old about homosexual? I'm like, <laughs> why? You're not doing sex education. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, but the term. I went, oh, she's then she's gonna go and use that term, and I was like. I don't even know how I explain it. Oh, there's programs you don't... It's too early to explain. I was watching a program about instant hotels. Not my fault they put a gay couple there. What I'm going to say to her... That I'm going to explain this. Two people love each other. There's a couple and she asked me what I'm going to say. No, you, you're too young. And even what is it? I, I don't even get... First of all, mm. I don't even get why she asked me. But then again, it's culturally... It's still yeah. not there. 
And but then when you do, what other people go? Why did you? I'm like, why not? What's the problem? Yeah, what's, what's the problem? So that was, uh, that it was a, what I and then comes as well with uh between uh the relationship between um between men and women, and I'm not a feminist, and you know that. We're not a feminist in the aggressive kind of no, way. You're for I, equality. I'm for equality, whatever it is. And man, when the girls are bitches, I'll tell them. It's like, seriously, get your shit together because you're embarrassing the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you look around and go, oh my God. But in Portugal, there's still that thing where because I'm a girl, because I'm a woman, if I'm having a conversation between with a man, he goes. And what was... I actually, I didn't feel depressed, but it really upset me so many times to a point that I didn't know what to say. Of so you had to like you had to watch what you were saying or no? It was I I worked in an environment, special workers when you find that the most where just because I'm a man, what I say goes, and if okay. I'm a man and I'm a manager, you can forget. Like, you've got nothing to say. <laughs> I, the comments, and just to give you an idea, I remember one day uh, he was complaining about something. I said, actually, I'm not feeling well. I have a urine infection, but I'm still here. You yeah. know, I'm still being professional That because he was complaining about something really stupid, like being a baby. <laughs> and, <laughs> and his reaction was, I don't want to know you. what you've been doing. And in my head, I was like... What? Okay, yes. People know that if you have an active sexual life, you can get urine infections. Yes. But you can also get, get them it without. Without <laughs> it. Because you don't drink enough water. Because you might eat something. You know, it's not just because you have urine infection. It doesn't mean you've been fucking like a rabbit for yeah, exactly. the last three days. And when someone tells me I have a urine infection... Like, that's my, not my no. first thought that, oh, you have too much sex. Like, no. Like, no, it's like, oh my God, but, you know, did you, are you drinking enough water? <clears throat> Drinking of water, but the fact that your boss straight, that went straight there have a relationship because you might say, "Oh, you're very good friends," okay, because yeah. you can joke about it with your friends, fine. But when your boss doesn't have a relationship with you, that knows you for like a month or two, comes in and tells you that for me is like, what the hell? Or the fact that I was being sexual um, harassed by a client. And I obviously turned around to him and I told him, and he's because he's the manager, obviously. I was laughing, and he goes, "What, Teresa? What do you think he's going to do?" Because the gentleman was over eighty years old, and I went, "It's not the point. It's he's going to break me and be, break me. Yeah, you can still because be sexually harassed. I can stop that man. Bless him. <laughs> but the fact that I come to work and I have to hide in a room mm. with the lights off yeah. for ten minutes because." Some creep is standing outside, and yeah. when I turn around to the person that I is responsible, on, yeah, like yeah, jokes about it. For me, those concepts, I'm like, no, and that kind of rolls into everything, into the way you talk, the way you see things, you know, equality, the respect. When you know, if you go, and I've been, I'm, I'm, I might be as well a very British thing and a very skin and everything, like IQ. It's a respect thing. You get somewhere, yeah. someone in front of you, you wait. You don't try to cut gears. Oh, Portugal is the whole, <laughs> I'm smarter than you. I don't want to wait because I'm more important than you. <laughs> I'm not queuing. 
Exactly. I, How dare they? There's so many little things that mm. just doesn't work. But the biggest difference is the lack of equality, socially, professionally, as a country, and how there's more work that needs to be done when it comes to um, accept not accepting. Like, Progress, like Progress. It's, it's in sort because of in social head, acceptance. Like, yeah. yeah, in my head, wh- why is the homosexual still freaking? And I'm not, I'm straight as you can come, but I don't understand why we still have had these conversations about homosexual. Oh. I still remember in the nineties when um, my mom found out that Judge Michael was gay, and it's like he, she was the biggest fan. <laughs> she probably had fantasies about Judge Michael, and he's gay. <gasps> no. Like, that's a different story. <laughs> when you look at the guy, go, oh, damn, he's good. And you kind of go, get the head, the smile, and go, oh, this guy, oh, The good ones are taking all game. <laughs> so, yes. Cool. Just a quick one um, to finish off uh, this one, uh, th- this part of the interview. Uh, would Do you see yourself ever living for good? I'm, and I'm not saying forever, but let's say for more than a year back in Portugal. No. No. Okay. That, that's all I want to say. <laughs> that is that uh, no. Okay. I, I love my family and I wish my family could come to Denmark to visit, <laughs> which people are like, oh, why can't they do it? Because it's about 20 of them. Yeah. Okay. So the whole thing of, hi, your family can come. Yes, there are planes, but it's actually cheaper to fly to the US than it is to fly to Portugal. Yeah. For whatever strange reason. And then it's about 20 people in my family. So it's not that easy. And let's not forget Copenhagen is not the cheapest city in the world. As in you want to go out and eat. And then when you compare to Portugal. It makes it even more of a difference. Um, so. Because for me. I would grab my friends and family. And bring them over here. And mm. spend time with them. And then they could go. I would quite happy not put my yeah. feet. Take away family and friends. I would quite happy not put my feet back in Portugal. Okay. Um. Not even on vacation. Oh, right. <laughs> like, no. All right. But I just came back from there now. Yeah, so, you did it, so maybe I'm it's like, too fresh I'm in your head. Too fresh, like, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you in, very much, people. In the in few months or maybe next winter, you'll be like, oh, I need some sunshine. Maybe in the summer, because also I had, like, we had an amazing summer uh, in 2018. Yeah. So 2019, here in Denmark, in Sweden. So... Again, I did not miss Portugal because... Yeah, because it was nice and sunny. I was pictures. I was actually... The sun was better here than it was there. Oh. So I was more tan than my family for the first time ever. <laughs> so I'm like, we're going home. Like, I love you all, but I'm going to the beach. So yeah, There's always FaceTime. <laughs> exactly. There's all FaceTime. It's like the same thing. Technology, people. Yeah. Technology. Okay, cool. Well, thank you very much. And um, we'll catch up with you next time so you can tell us more about Denmark. Yay, thank you. See you soon. Hi, hi, be safe. That's it for today. That was, as I mentioned, the first part of our interview with Teresa. The next episode uh, will be titled The Three Out of Five Part Two, obviously, uh, The Nordics. And you will hear about the story about Teresa's moving to Denmark and her plans for the future. Thanks for listening and until next time.